from the former convent of the Good Shepherd overlooking Inwood Hill Park in New York City. Welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where you meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes that make their home in what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome theater maker Martina Meyer. Martina was born in Bitum, Poland, and raised in Jersey and Chicago. She was awarded the 2018 Pulitzer Prize for Drama for her play Cost of Living, which debuted this past fall on Broadway. Other plays include Sanctuary City, Queens, and Ironbound, which have been produced across America and international stages. We're going to talk to her about her work and so much more, but first, I'm happy to welcome you, Martina, to In What Works On Air. Thanks Thank for you. being here. Thank you for having me. You bet. Um, so how did you find putting roots down in Inwood? Oh my gosh. Um, I, when I, I had kind of a, an intense uh, welcome to New York experience. I, I, I came up to grad school um, with very little money. Um, I didn't have enough for a security deposit, and I ended up spending my first year in New York hopping amongst 13 different sublets. Uh, one of them, one month that there were four. It was like, it was a very, the second month that I was here, uh, the place had bed bugs. Like it was just like I got hazed by New York for like trying to pursue my dreams and how dare I, the hubris. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, and um, I, so this is a, one of the places that I sublet was in Inwood, and I fell in love with the parks and just yeah. the kind of expansive. You know, just Europe. Europe's so high. <laughs> it's so expansive. It's really it, like invites you to be feel creative and get lost in the woods. I think I was wandering the park one day um the moment that i knew i wanted to live here and when i heard an opera singer in the park i was just I'm, has this happened to you where you're just like wandering in the park and it's like a siren song calling incredible. you calling you around yeah. or you want to you, you want to follow the sound and yet you don't want to just, wanna, just kind of let it envelop you right yeah it's like just stay quiet and enjoy it because you'd have to be paying for it otherwise it was so <laughs> good Exactly. And I was like, this is magical. This is so beautiful. Um, and I, I, you know, after that year, I, I, I hopped around a little bit more. I ended up in Queens for a year. And then I had this um, incredible opportunity called the Pony Fellowship um, with Sam Hunter, who also lives you know, nearby, had it as well. It's, called, it's an acronym for the Playwrights of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was a free apartment to live in in Midtown on 45th and 9th, um, which really, really, I think, um, you know, saved me financially and helped me continue to be a playwright because it can be just so hard to do do you, you need to find the time to do work for free and then hope somebody will produce it and pay for it after you know a- after a certain point um, but I was after that year I was able to kind of save some money and get my feet on the ground um, and I came right up here and I've been here since 2016 Wow that's great that's great it's a good story it. heck you can write a play about your travel <laughs> experiences and your and your it's like more along the lines of maybe a farce if anything else <laughs> a little bit for cost of living it's like a woman who's hopping from place to place and i was like uh-huh, yep wonder where that's from well yes well life imitates art life art imitates life exactly um well uh i think you wound a good place and you talk about cost of living we'll definitely talk about it but um i mean it's funny too like you know i i, I you would think I feel like I've known your work for a long time, but I only know four of your plays, and it's like, well, I think there is only four That's of your plays, <laughs> and I'm just like, like I felt like there's like was like there's got to be more than four. Oh my god, the pressure! Yeah, I'm working on, I'm working on it. <laughs> I guess the musicals no in the pipe. I got some films in the pipe. Like, yes, I know. That, this I is the, know. the thing when we start doing TV and film is like you don't you have to kind of wait and hope for them to. I know. You know. Well, like you said too, it's like it's not like you haven't written more than four. It's just like our main point is like you've been writing for a long time. But um, 
Uh, but I think that's a compliment. I hope it is a compliment to you. <laughs> because, well, because it's like, you know, you know those four plays. Um, or maybe three more than the four. I don't know people <laughs> know Queens as much as the others. But um, I know them. But uh, I work in theater too, so that's maybe part of why I do. Uh, but I think it's a high compliment that people are um, to be known and to be revered for your work. I think it's a really high compliment. And because and, it's about the substance. Not the quantity, uh, and so I think it's pretty awesome. Um, and I was just thinking because we're talking about our neighborhood for a second. There's a lot of um, you talk about <laughs> your travels making your way into cost of living. Um, you know, there are a lot of immigrant stories in your writing. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, uh, has the local culture of our neighborhood crept its way in? Because I mean, we are. I mean, there is one immigrant culture in Manhattan. It's Inwood, Washington yeah. Heights, for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Has it crept into your writing yet, by any chance at all? I felt like it was a reminder of where I came from because yeah. I grew up in a multicultural immigrant neighborhood in, in Jersey, uh, and most of most of the people English was their second language mm. and so I was surrounded by like this beautiful poetry of these mouths from everywhere mm. uh, and then I went to like fancy schools on scholarship and was not surrounded by that and uh, and then moved back here and it was like a re- it just felt like a coming back home and uh, all, like hearing my my rhythms and also like the East Coast like Jersey New York rhythm like those um, so I'm really inspired by yeah like the way pe- the way people speak especially for whom, people who for whom English is not their first language um, I also like. You know, I used to date a lot of guys in, 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 in Wood and Washington Heights when I was in high school. So, like, <laughs> I was here often, and I'm writing about, like, the past. And so, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, some ex-boyfriends have definitely found their ways. <laughs> Who should not be named. <laughs> Who should not be named. <laughs> but they're, I hope that they're listening. <laughs> Thanks for the good times. Exactly. Exactly. I'm living off and of it. The memories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I also come from a working class background, too, kind of in a way, a uh, community of a lot of uh, great people who, and I found my way into the arts. Um, did you have, um, through just a, a love for you know going to see things, and I didn't have anybody in my family who kind of paved the way, so I was curious, um, you know, I'm always just hearing about your origin story in a way, but like your creative origin story, mm-hmm. uh, like your path, um, you know, was anyone in your family, like? an artist or did you kind of said no I'm finding out on my own and it was like did you have a kind of kind of like I don't know personal mentor that kind of was special to you that kind of helped you find your way mm-hmm. uh s- s- not not in the not in like a let me show you theater really it was my, yeah. my um you know I, grew up, I was born in Poland um, and my grandfather was a painter, but to be a painter in Poland under communism was a very specific. <laughs> you do it in your attic of, by yeah, yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were like, yeah, you, like, you got to hide it, and like, but but you were contracted to do, you know do what the state wanted you to do, uh, and so uh, my grandfather. Yeah, he'd have this little room where he'd paint for himself, and he'd paint like my my childhood bedroom. Which my bedroom was like my mom's. It was you know it was a tiny little Eastern European apartment, so it was like two rooms um, where my mom was born, and like where then I was you know I was born, and he would like paint the walls, um, like make be- make beautiful art where he could. But he wasn't like a you know well known painter or an, or an artist. But I but I think um, I revered him so much, and so I think I wanted to be a lot like him. I tried to draw. I tried to paint. Um, and then we came to America, and that was, it was just me, my mom, and my half sister who was born here. Um, and I went into public school where there wasn't like that's, that much of an arts program. Um, but I kept doing. I kept. Um, uh, I mean, I'll tell you this: the, the like sad reality of how I started writing is that I grew up with a lot of domestic violence when I when I um, uh, was living in New Jersey, and I'd have to do a lot of 
quiet activities when I'd close myself behind the door. And a lot of that was, you know, drawing and painting and writing. Um, I remember getting a, a school assignment to like write two pages about something and I came in with 25. And my poor public school teachers were like, we can't, we can't do this. Like, <laughs> we're not actually paid this enough. We love you so much. Thank you. Um, uh, and they, but they encouraged me to, to, to f- kind of funnel that. Um, I had, I wanted to communicate in some, in, 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 in this way. And so they, they encouraged me to, to, to write plays. I didn't know what plays were. I thought they were movies you couldn't afford to make. So you did them like. Yes, they now are. Exactly, that's true. <laughs> and I was like, not wrong, not wrong. So I, so I, um, uh, I had, I had a lot of, I guess, public school teachers who were like, would see that I was, there was like a yearning for me to find some way to express, um, and they, they, yeah, just encourage, just gave me that. I, I used to um, stay after school and like do, um, I worked for an after school program that um used to teach immigrant parents and their preschool aged children English together. Um, uh, kind of give them muscle memory language. So like, what might they say if they're going to um, the bank or to a cafe? Um, and we would write these skits in um, Polish, Spanish, Portuguese, um, and English. I wrote for all of them except for the Portuguese ones. Um, and we would perform them for this for this after school um, group. But I didn't realize that that was theater. I was making yeah. theater. Um, and I similarly to the twenty to the two pages turning into twenty five. Um, as I would write these skits, they became more and more elaborate. Like there was like a murder heist at the bank, <laughs> and there was like an illicit love affair at the cafe. And again, they were wow. like, they just need to know how to order a sandwich. Like it's not that serious. Please, <laughs> like, <laughs> come down. We just we just cut with the cashier and gives the change. Yeah. <laughs> be like it costs five dollars. And be like thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> but um yeah. I so I, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I had it, had it in me, but didn't, I guess, know the, know that that was a, I, I could do anything really with, with it. Um, I, um, at the same time, this is a roundabout story, but um, at the same time um, that I was working at that um, adult literacy program, I, one of my other part-time jobs at the time was I would hustle at a pool hall. Um, the pool hall was called Guys and Dolls, which like in hindsight, this was faded. Um, <laughs> It's like the lamb's blood on top of the, <laughs> the angel flies like, over. You guys look, look yes. at this. Open your eyes. And so I, I hustled $45 one day from some cops, which is more than I'd ever won playing pool. So I was like, oh, this is a really special amount of money. I should, I should use it towards something I wouldn't usually have used it toward had I come about it in any legal manner. Um, and at the same time, my mom, um, she used to clean houses. She still cleans houses on the side. And um, she, um, when people would leave out magazines and pamphlets for recycling, she would bring those home to me and my sister because she thought them, she saw them as free reading material. Uh, and so one day there was this pamphlet for something called Cabaret. She didn't know what it was, but John Stamos was in it. And so she brought this pamphlet home to me and told me that Uncle Jesse is in New York and is this of interest to me? And my latchkey kid brain was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> what is, what's cabaret? And I saw that the tickets, the cheapest tickets were $45. And I was like, perhaps it's a sign. So I saw the <laughs> Sam Mendes production at Studio 54 oh with, you know, John Stamos taking over for Alan Cumming, not realizing this is like that most iconic, most incredible theater ever. Uh, and I saw it in my last year of high school and was just so moved and blown away to, f- one, just be in a room with that much life, with people just fully inhabiting their humanness, their singing and just the dancing. Everything was just, I was, it, I couldn't believe it. There's like capacity of human beings to to, 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 to fill a, a room with that much life. Um, and it was also the story that was dark and difficult and um it didn't compromise what it was about it still in, it literally welcomed me in <laughs> yeah. i mean it invited me in with its generosity and humor and sexiness and 
the way that it made me that made me feel I wanted so desperately for the rest of my life to make other people feel a similar way to well, feel like this like feeling of definitely home coming to your cabaret old chum we've been <laughs> we've we've been there a few times and uh, and kind of see the parallel too I mean, you're talking about your your grandfather's work you know that stifling of having to do art in the mm. vacuum kind of the, and then you know the cabaret very much that whole theme of that whole show mm. when you existing when and how and what and what by what means um what great themes wonderful Thanks. very cool and here you are uh so um that's pretty awesome, and it's and that's I could see how that would fuel you in your writing. Uh, really, really powerful, and you're here to tell the tale. Um, <laughs> so, for those of you who didn't know, speaking of her tales, uh, this past fall at Manhattan Theater Club, it presented your play "Cost of Living" on Broadway after producing it previously off Broadway at the Stage One uh, space. Um, and just for those, give me a. I'll do my best to uh, kind of to attempt to speak of the play somewhat concisely. It you know explores themes of disconnection and interdependence, uh, the complexity of caring and being cared for, and um, you know it's also very funny and romantic. Um, it's uh, it's an intimate play. Uh, so just um, from a theater nerd point of view, I have yeah. to say too is that um, you know you've this. Mo- with this very intimate, almost chamber-like production off-Broadway to go to the Broadway stage. I'm curious, uh, how did it impact the dynamics of presenting the play? I actually, uh, I, I wanted to make it feel more expansive. I've, I've always seen it as um, something that's much more cosmic than it seems initially, I guess, on the page because there's mm-hmm. four characters. Right. That they're, all, they're all mostly domestic spaces. But there's this in conversation with miracles and it's in conversation with um, um, the ways that we're connected and need each other. Um, you know, there's a there's a ghost in the play. There's like people speaking from beyond and yearning for a kind of magic that comes from moments of grief. And so I, I, um, I, I wanted that to f- be more a part of the the production because um, I felt like it was in the writing of it. And so the fact that we got to go into a Broadway space with this giant ceiling and um, we redid the music entirely to kind of make it to to give it that. Um, uh, we took we like something cosmic that was that was like a co- cl- cosmic classical um, beauty. I, I hope that was I mean, Mikhail Suleiman did the, did the original music and it was just incredible. Uh, um, so yeah, it was an it was a great invitation to kind of be able to expand it in that way that I'd always thought of it, and mm-hmm. and then to just be able to share that version with more people. It's great. Well. I saw it. It was awesome. Thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, it featured award-winning uh, performances by Greg Musgala and Kat, uh, Katie Sullivan, mm-hmm. uh, and you added Kara Young and David Zayas, who are I see like everywhere all the time. Uh, I just saw Kara do classical theater Harlem on Twelfth yeah. Night last summer, and David's like in everything everywhere. Uh, he lives all up at here. once. Yeah. He lives <laughs> in everything all at once, and, and he lives and he lives up here too. He lives like in the Edgecomber uh, yeah. area of the world. Um, uh, and the cast have changed over the years since 2016 is when you yeah, started in Williamstown. Yeah. In Williamstown, so I was curious too, like how has the response to play evolved for you since that time? I think, I mean, particularly with the pandemic, I think it's yeah. uh, you know I wrote it out of a moment of deep precarity, right? Like that time of that time of hopping around from apartment to apartment was when I first started writing. The, the the play um, the the monologue came about uh, one day after I got fired from my bartending job because they thought I stole a hundred dollars which I fucking didn't but they sorry <laughs> <laughs> but I still got fired for it so not going back there yeah yeah um, so I and I was I, I actually had just lost my grandfather um, uh, the one that I talked about the the art the artist um, 
uh, pretty suddenly, and I wasn't able to go to Poland for his funeral. I was also afraid to go because I didn't want it to be real. And so I was dealing with um, economic uncertainty, housing uncertainty, grief, and it kind of all, even re- recent uh, unemployment, and so it all just kind of came together. Yeah, a lot to take care of. Yeah, it was like, a, it was definitely a time capsule of a play of that time, of um, that first year, that, that first year in New York. Um, so, so I had written it from this place of um, instability um, and needing needing and resisting and being really um, I really didn't want to feel like I needed to be taken care of but I absolutely like I, I was it was such a struggle mm-hmm. um, to get on my feet that first year and then as the pandemic happened after the pandemic happened I feel like it became something more collective that sent the sentiment from which I wrote it felt like it was something that we had we had shared as a as a as a on this global home. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think people were connecting to it more so on a personal level than they had, than they, than they had um, in 2016. More, more people were. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be done quite a bit. Um, and the parameters of, of the show obviously are, um, if they're the right, right people to do it, obviously too. Uh, and, and, but I think you, you found them. And um, I wanted to ask, uh, um, for those who haven't had a chance to see it, is there an opportunity for a streaming version, perhaps? I am working on it. Yes, we were able to record it um, by the skin of our teeth, and which has been which is a difficult venture, as I'm sure you know. And the theater is rec- is recording it and capturing these. Um, like I, what, what's the the beauty of theater is the ephemerality, et cetera, et cetera. But I really want more people to see it. Like that's yeah. actually, I just want access. Like this is a, uh, why not have more access for, for for more people to see it? That isn't that where you're not bound by geographic or financial limitations to right. s- to see to see these stories. So we have it recording, and now we are trying to release it hopefully soon. Um, but I'm so I, it looks really good. I'm so excited, and I hope I can share it with more people because it's I'm so proud of it. Well, speaking of the cosmic nature of yeah. things, right? <laughs> let it live in let it live in the ether, in the zeros and ones. Let the matrix have it, uh, so to speak. Well, I hope it finds its way out Thank sooner you. than later and, and to be shared. And I could only I th- I feel my personal opinion because it was actually my thesis for my master's program was like it was about live streaming Broadway, and uh, oh, wow. um, I was talking about chair of that department like I was a little ahead of my time wasn't I yeah and uh and uh this is like you know 10 years ago now and uh the funny thing is that I feel like it's it's great marketing for the show I think I think it'll be a really great marketing for the show and I feel like the licensing will go out the wazoo for it once once uh and and so you can buy your own condo in Inwood. And, uh, and, That'd be so dreamy. And, 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 and have like a playwright's bedroom over there. For yeah, the, for your I'll own, have my own fellowship. Your, your own fellowship program, exactly. Like that bedroom is a 5123, yeah. you guys. Yes, yeah. The Mayoak Studio program over here where you can sit and write and sleep. Um, uh, so, so speaking of the present, um, you know, uh, what are you doing right now? What, what, what ideas are you kicking around in your head? I've got two musicals that I'm working on right now, actively working on, as well as three films. Um, I'm very tired. <laughs> well, thanks for fitting us in. Jeez. No, this is an honor. We're, we're nice to deserve, uh, 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 we call it diversion from this that. This is an honor. This is lovely. I, I, this, I've been um, segmenting my days. Uh, this is the first time I'm doing this, of actually splitting full days. I didn't think I could do it, but um, it's, it'll be like a morning where I work on the rewrites for one film. 
um, in conversation with the director. We're doing sort of script sessions, um, and then in the a- in the afternoon, going down to the th- to the theater to to do another kind of script session for the for one of the musicals. Then preparing um, when that you know all that time is done, preparing rewrites for the other film, which now which I'm now going by the week. Uh, and preparing, you know, casting and stuff for the other, and the, the, the only one, for the other musical, the only one that I can actually announce <laughs> is the Great Gatsby musical. Um, that's with Rachel Chapkin directing and Florence Welch of Florence and the Machine doing music along with Thomas Bartlett. That's going to be, um, it's going to premiere in about a year from now um, at ART. And yes. Hopefully Broadway. <laughs> Help. I hope so too. I hope so too. And uh, just so you brought it up, um, and it's an adaptation. They're not actually doing. They're not doing the version of the elevator repair service where they're reading oh, it no. word for word. And they're not, well, they're not singing the entire book. Let's put Absolutely it that way. Um, it's a great book, but yeah, that'd be quite long. <laughs> yeah, it'd be quite long, as we all know, because we've some of us accepted the show. Um, so uh, when I hear adaptation, I just want to hear like what is like what is. Um, so what is what do you bring into the material? Like what is what is yeah. the because there's obviously it's the story, the search in a lot of ways for her, the the pursuit, the drive for yeah. her, and then of course you have all the people get caught up in the Roaring Twenties uh, mm-hmm. motif and all too. So just want to hear like we hear, we hear adaptation like what's the take? What's what's the what's the angle? Well, it's, I I the book came to me right in the pretty early early in the pandemic and it was the perfect time to reread that book in one's 30s while the world is falling apart yeah um yeah. <laughs> uh you know we read it in high school and we sure. have we're like green light means money and you know the parties and we have all these you know kind of very um um basic interpretations of it but um you really read it in your adulthood and um i connected to it on so many levels i i uh, especially um the, t- the the container of time that you is it's obviously not in the book but when you realize that that the story takes place four years after the end of a world war and the end of a pandemic which killed a third of the world's population mostly young people then you're like i understand the gin i get the parties i get why everyone has this feral hunger for meaning uh and to maybe blow up their lives a little bit uh and and like it's it's you know at at core it's this like it's these marriages that are imploding basically and this like uh, uh, um but it's but if you if you if you at, I guess question the characters of why why they're kind of blowing their lives up is because I think that they are all yearning for more for yeah. this like American idea of more you should be able to achieve there's a there's a dream it's a possibility you should be able to achieve it and if you can't there's something wrong with you so keep working harder and you know we all you know American dream as we have learned and have been told is uh, um, flawed uh, <laughs> and uh, so so all I guess all of these things were uh, got into my head about what these characters were, de- were dealing with socially um, I also see I see the women a lot differently than the way that they've been portrayed. Um, you know, da- da- we've seen Daisy as this kind of like flighty butterfly, but I think she's she's a, is a woman who's incredibly intelligent, who's not seen that way in her in her world, who is in an abusive marriage um, with somebody who doesn't appreciate her, uh, and then this man comes into her life who reignites her and and gives her hope for some for a version of herself she may have lost. Um, meanwhile, the other the other female character Myrtle is this working class striver who, in a lot of the adaptations, has been seen as this like kind of silly floozy who um, is like the butt of a joke. But I see her as somebody who's who um, 
was not like in a way she's a, a parallel to Gatsby. Um, she just, it didn't work out for her. Um, they, uh, a lot of their storylines could have been like, they, they kind of double helix around each other. There's a lot of similarities. And so I'm kind of imagining her as she would have been Gatsby if like she had turned to crime in the ways that he had, he had, um, Gatsby to me is also a working class character. He comes from nothing. And so I see him that way. I connect to him in that way. Um, and moving through this world that is foreign to him and he's trying and he's trying his best but that's never enough and so I think there's a lot of feeling amongst the characters of not being enough and so that is uh, yeah I'm kind of I, I guess my take is just that I'm filling out the characters in ways that I've seen them when I read it that that um uh that sparked in that sparked in me um the desire to kind of spend more time with them it's such an incredible book um I think it's maybe changed my life to have reread it it's made me look at a lot of things in my own life as well that um I've been changing and um uh yeah it's I'm so excited to share it I'm so proud of it the music is incredible uh I can't wait I can't wait to be in the rehearsal room for well, it. I'm excited I can't wait either <laughs> now you got me all excited well and, and like you're saying too I, I think it's a really neat thing if I might sum up a little bit it's like you keep redefining keep asking the question like what does it mean to be an American mm. Like what is like, and what are what is your dream? What are our collective dreams? And going back, to like the you know, search for identity, of course, is part of that. But who are, who are you amongst everyone else too? And who are you together mm-hmm. here now? Yeah. And I think that's exciting to explore, particularly. It's also such an know. incredible time. In the twenties, where like everything was everything was modernized, and there, all this progress was happening, mm-hmm. maybe a little too fast, and people couldn't kind of keep up with it. They didn't quite know, and also caused so much want in everybody. Um, I was doing, you know, I've like done rabbit holes of research. They're so delightful because it means you don't have to write; you just read a lot. <laughs> it's great. But they, I read something about how. Um, it really it did a number on a lot of the working class because there were all these things that were being there were these possibilities of things that you could have that indicate that you're living a full life you know uh, and um, it caused people to, to it, I think I think it was it must have been the beginning of this sort of drive that we have now and that the the, the, the like culture of busyness mm-hmm. that I think we have come to know as like our contemporary culture was was born I think of this time and so it's it's interesting to kind of keep going back and being like oh the seeds were sown here in the twenties wow, and yeah. here we are a hundred years later like not having learned anything but actually further like descending into yeah these, these same desires and and see where our social norms come from yeah some of them anyway. And and how we think of each, and how we think of each other. That's really cool. That's really good. Cool. Well, I'm excited. When uh, it's, it's so fall of next year, then what do you think? When is it coming? For, um, for Gatsby at uh, ART. Uh, I'm gonna reveal. So 2024. 2024. Just, just, we'll but let's just, say let's say around a year from now. We'll just say around from a year now. No one don't set your watches <laughs> or anything. But just, if you want to check in, then it might be a, might be a good idea. Well. Um, well, it sounds like you have so many great projects, and and looking forward to all of them and hearing more as they you. as you can talk about them at certain <laughs> to, at certain points and too. Um, and just want to say thank you for taking the time to be with us here today. And uh, if uh, before we say goodbye, uh, where can people go to find out more about these? programs coming up for you these these projects and and of course your past projects where yeah. can we send them to um you can go to my website it's martina mayok m-a-r-t-y-n-a-m-a-j-o-k.com and then i'm the only me on instagram <laughs> so like dm me and like we'll hang out i don't know there you go she's pretty approachable <laughs> yeah. can i say she's oh, pretty thanks. nice gal she's a good gal let's say thanks you're betcha you betcha well thanks again martina thank for you very much being here and joining us on this 
artist spotlight episode of In What Artworks On Air. It's where you meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. Uh, if you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Many thanks to the Church of the Good Shepherd here in Inwood for hosting us and to Heightsites.com for uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate or via Venmo at inwoodartworks. Follow us on social media to keep all that we do, including the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Self Fresco, pop-up art galleries, live performances, and so much more. Inwood Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. And our programming is made possible by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of the Office of the Governor of the New York State Legislature. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air.